Welcome to the Pure Gasmic Love Podcast, a sex-positive space for mature audiences only. Tune in for intimate conversations surrounding a range of topics related to relationships, sex, and holistic wellness. All the growing pains and orgasmic pleasures are presented uncensored in an open, honest, and vulnerable way. Let's dance together in orgasmic energy to expand your sexual pleasures and enhance that orgasmic life you were born to live. Get comfy and allow your body to relax in connection with me, Dragonfly, for the orgasmic pleasures you're about to experience. Hi, love. It fills my body with tingles that you found your way here with me today. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about ethical non-monogamy and our relationship design. Mm -hmm. This came from a question, a listener question, actually. So, Thank you for that. Yes, thank you for that. And so what song am I vibing to? Yeah, I keep waiting. I keep waiting for you to ask me. Like that's not even something that I asked you to do. So how <laughs> would you know that I want you to ask me? So what song you been listening to, Dragonfly? So what song you been listening to, Dragonfly? <laughs> it is a song that I don't even know how I found it. Uh, don't even. I don't even know if it has a video. We didn't even try to look up don't the video, right? But I'm going to play you a little bit of it. I ran over on that one because I was vibing because we have like a certain that. amount of time. You like that one? I do. <laughs> I do. Do your thing. Do your thing, bitch. Do your thing. Goes along with the topic do, do today. Because we're kind of talking about, you know, you get to design your own relationship. You get to do your own thing. Do your own thing, you bitch. Do, and I'll do mine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that song was <laughs> Fried Chicken at Night by Neon Hitch. And if you listen to the whole song and you watch the words, she's the fried chicken at night. Finger Ranch all good. over the and finger looking good, right? <laughs> there you go. I, yes, I just stuck to my finger. If you're not watching the podcast, I totally just stuck to my finger. So is that going to be an issue that I went over with that? I don't think you're so. Gonna be able to... I don't think you went too far. Okay, awesome. Right. So enjoy that. <laughs> Slide right into that song. Yes. So I'm going to read the question that we Good got because I'm really excited about it. Hi, Dragonfly. First, I love the podcast. Yay. I'm thank so you. excited about that. Thank you. Thank you. Second, you have mentioned ethical non-monogamy more that once. Cool. My wife and I are newer to this. Could you elaborate on how you and E came to this way of living this lifestyle? 
Looking forward to hearing more. Thank you, Jerry G. Thank you, Jerry G. And just so you know, if you ever write in a listener question, if you don't want me to use your full name, your, you just want a letter, just put whatever, put whatever in there that you want to <laughs> want me to say or let me know what you want me to say or how to acknowledge you, and I will do so. So that's a great question because we talk a lot about ethical non-monogamy, and mm-hmm. it's a world we swim in actively. Mm-hmm. And... I love the community. Such amazing people. I have met some phenomenal people. I have to tell you that. Yeah. Some of our best friends Mm -hmm. have come through the ethical non-monogamy channels, whatever that's looked like. Right. Not that we've played with all of them. No, because we don't. anything like that. But just that mindset, that group of people is just kind of phenomenal to be a part of. Yes, it does. And I'm going to clear up one misconception right now. Just because you have extra relationships or extra sex with extra marital um, or non-marital partners or whatever it looks like. I don't even know if that made sense. But (laughs) just because you do doesn't mean you fucking everybody. That is a huge misconception. We're not fucking everybody. (laughs) Just because I love women doesn't mean I love all of them. Right. Just because I love men doesn't mean I love all of them. Same thing. We all have our preferences. It's okay. And so I just want to clear that up. So Mm -hmm. if you have a friend or someone that has approached you and they say they're ethically non-monogamous or they're a swinger or they're polyamorous, doesn't mean they're fucking everybody. There you go. So I want to throw that out there. (laughs) So I want to give you a basic definition of, of this is just something that I, when I think of this is not the actual definition, the Webster's Dictionary definition. I don't even <laughs> know if they have one for it. But what is ethical non-monogamy? Well, ethical non-monogamy as a whole is an umbrella term that has a lot of different types and designs underneath it. Mm-hmm. The basic understanding of it is it's where someone has someone or a partnership has an extra or multiple loves or sexual partners and they're engaging when everyone is aware and consenting to it. Yes. So, oh yeah? I don't know if you heard my little baby kitty. She's <laughs> she's agreeing to that, that that <laughs> is the agree. way to do it. That if you are going to want to participate with others and you are married or dating someone, you have to be open and honest with them about it. That's the ethical part. That yeah. is the ethical part. That's what makes it okay. Right. That That's what makes it consensual on all sides. If you are in a relationship and you are having relationships outside of that relationship and maybe your partner knows, but the new partner doesn't know... That's still not ethical. Like No, that's you, cheating. Right. You need because to Because one partner doesn't know about the other everybody partner. Everybody needs to know about everybody and and however that works for you. Yes, definitely. And that is an experience that I had with you when we first got together because I was already dating somebody. Right. They knew that you came into my life, but you didn't know they existed in the beginning. Right. And you simultaneously existed <laughs> for a few months. Right. They came back into the picture later on, later but on. then you knew about <laughs> them about coming it in. So, okay. so we're gonna we're <laughs> not gonna go down that rabbit hole, but we will definitely 
open up to the uh, relationships designs that we have experienced Mm -hmm. and explain to you why we came to where we're at and how that evolved. So thank you so much, Gary G., for that question. It's a phenomenal question. The four different types of ethical the four different types of non-monogamy, not all ethical that I have experienced and mm-hmm. you have experienced at this point, is cheating. That is not ethical. That is non-monogamy, but it's not ethical <laughs> because somebody's not knowing something. Mm-hmm. Ethical non-monogamy, monogamish, swinging, and polyamory. Those are three relationship designs that we have uh, dipped our toes in the water, swam avidly in. We've, Tried we've out. It, yeah, we've experienced them <laughs> on some capacity. And something I want to say first and foremost is it doesn't have to look the same all the time. Mm-mm. And when we talk about relationship design, we want you to figure out what works for you because not everything works for everybody else. The other question I've gotten is, do you believe in monogamy? Yeah. Yeah. It exists. I do believe in monogamy, and I believe that works great for some, Mm -hmm. just like ethical non-monogamy works great for others. Mm -hmm. Don't think there's a one-size-fits-all because we're not all the same. Nope. And Gary, you and your wife stepping into the space will probably explore and expand yourselves in a way that you're going to figure out sometime what actually works for you. You're going to have some bumps and bruises along the way, and you're going to have some amazing experiences, and you you and your wife together are going to have to navigate and explore that for yourselves. The other thing that I wish I would have had when we started out was somebody to guide us, somebody to help us, somebody to give us skills that would have <laughs> yeah. really helped because when we started out, we didn't have these. No, we, it was a lot of what felt like wandering around in the dark. Bumping and, into everything, and just bumping right? into everything. And we had a lot of long, intense conversations about things that weren't pleasant that we probably could have managed better had we had different skill set a little bit of guidance and everybody i've worked with that is um, wanting to explore this has had or has explored it in a a little bit or a lot we all have our stories Mm -hmm. of it going completely awry (laughs) and we all have some amazing stories too Mm -hmm. so for me i come in with the cheating experience that i was the cheater I didn't know there was another way. And I always had this want to be not only with one partner, but to possibly have multiple partners. I didn't know that was an option. So the only thing that I could do was go outside on the side and not let somebody know. And that really tore me up. And I know you might be sitting out there going, yeah, well, if you were the one cheated on, well, I have been. So I know it from both sides. And there is a lot of shame and guilt that wraps you up on both sides. On both sides <laughs> and it's really hard. And so it's not a blame you, blame me kind of thing. It's more of understanding what it is about it and why you're doing it and has something caused it. Because there's a lot of, I want to say tentacles, because it is. It's like, it's not just one thing. <laughs> Like what I think that was a couple episodes ago. I, I think it was too. <laughs> but it's seriously not. And 
it takes knowing for yourself what your needs in this are or that there's even an option to step out and to explore it for yourself. And when I met E, again, I just explained about us coming into relationship. It took me a little while. I was monogamous with you for mm-hmm. quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then this little thing started bubbling up. And I knew that we were going to have to talk. I knew mm-hmm. that something was going to have to happen or everything was going to completely fall apart like it had in the past for me. Right. And knowing coming into our relationship, there was something else that you were fully aware of is that I am half gay. I am bisexual. Mm-hmm. I do love two different types of bodies. Well, I love more than two different types of bodies. I it's not specific to the genitals for me. So I could technically be called pansexual. Right. It's it's about the person. It's about the whole package. Genitals are fucking phenomenal. And however they're arranged is like fucking it. phenomenal, <laughs> right? So going back to the E&M, I shortened it. <laughs> For me, it was definitely a lot of bumps and bruises mm-hmm. because I had so much shame and guilt wrapped around me with how I did step into experiencing right. that. So that that took some time to get over. And that's where I wish I would have had somebody to kind of guide me on releasing some of that too. Um, yeah, I think it, it's important to, to point out that we started our journey – with ethical non-monogamy before you started your journey into being a sexologist. Mm -hmm. So this was pre-training, pre-school, all of that. Uh, So we were kind of walking around blind and our, like you said, our entry into it was was your bisexuality. And you, you brought that up immediately when we started dating. You were like, listen, there's this part of me. Do you remember this conversation? I do. I do. You're like, there's this part of me that's there, and I occasionally want to experience women and possibly relationships, whatever. And I was like, okay. And I remember you going, what? Wait, huh? Because every other guy you'd said that to was like, well, as long as I can join in or I can watch. And I, thankfully, was smart enough at the time to realize that was a you thing. Maybe, hopefully, it would include me at points, but that was that was a thing for you. And that was a lot easier for me to accept. That was a lot less threatening for me. Uh, and we have talked to a lot of couples that have, that was kind of their entry into that, mm-hmm. as which works as long as one of you is bisexual. <laughs> If you're not, that that doesn't work out. You're not going to sleep with a woman just because, you know. You shouldn't just sleep with right. the opposite sex or the same sex because your partner wants you to. Yeah. Ultimately, that, like, that's not <laughs> right. a good idea. And you came to my bisexuality with ease. Not everybody does. Mm-hmm. I know some male-female partnered people that the male side is bisexual, the female side is not, and that's harder. Well, that society has brought that upon us too. Yeah. Um, I don't see any difference. There's no difference. Yeah. 
there's absolutely no difference. So yes, I just threw it out there. There's no difference between a female body and a male body being attracted to the whatever they want. Whatever they want. <laughs> it's what you're attracted to. Right. I grew up hating that side of me for many years. So yes, that brought us into yeah. our dynamic. The next step was not so easy. The next step was not so easy. <laughs> and we moved into more of um, the monogamish was the the women that right. we played with and had relationships with and then we evolved into swinging like what would that look like right. swinging primarily based on uh, the sex and uh, not that you don't have relationships with these people because then there's also something called poly swingers as well <laughs> and uh, i'm not going to get deep into all of those specifics but right. the, this is stuff that we have experienced for our personal evolution and There were parts of swinging that I really loved. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is those parts are a part of polyamory as well or poly swinging as well. Mm -hmm. And there were parts that weren't that didn't resonate with me. I want to connect on a deeper level. That's something I'm looking for. So for us it was more relationship based along with the sex part the sex was part of the relationship as opposed to the primary goal right so right so when we were feeling that out whoa we had some we thought we talked about everything and then something <laughs> would happen and then we mm -hmm. realized we hadn't talked about everything so also realize that that happens too all of these things are going to happen we just need to remember in all of this this is something i did not i was not told that it's not about perfection. It's not about everything's going to go right all the time. It's about repair. It's about knowing why you're going into these situations with your partner. Why are you engaging in these acts with your partner or even separate from your partner? Why is this happening? What is this fulfilling? What is this fulfilling for you? Mm -hmm. And keeping in mind that just like when you learn to walk, you fall down. It, the same thing is going to happen. So you're going to have those bumps and bruises. But knowing that you want to still engage, mm -hmm. you still want to fix, remedy, help each other through these situations, I think that's the most important part. Because yeah. things can feel icky. And they can feel fucking phenomenal. Right. And sometimes one right after the other. Like, yes <laughs> yes they can so. because there's lots of dynamics that can go on um and then you know the other thing that we we have experienced is polyamory mm -hmm. and for me polyamory is has its own set of stuff like all of these all of these options mm -hmm. have their own set of stuff and what that brought us to is really evolving and making it look good for us. What it feels like and looks like for us. Our relationship design isn't for everybody. And we have to remember that everybody is an individual and that you're going to figure out, Gary G, that what works for you may not work for another couple or another mm -hmm. being. And you're going to have to figure that out. You and your wife together are going to have to figure that out. Now one of you, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
but both of you. And for us, for me specifically, I found great comfort and ease and exploration because we did have the communication, because we were talking about it. And you, you mentioned something at some time about having talks that didn't feel so good. Mm-hmm. We used to call those our Monday talks. Monday talks. Because we we were seeing this this woman and we'd spend the weekend with her, whether she'd come visit us or we'd go visit her. And there'd be something at some point that would happen and then we'd have to have a deep conversation. Right. And I would cry, you would cry, <laughs> we would laugh, we would have all kinds of talks, but usually it was like, oh, fuck, this didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Why didn't it feel good? What can we change? All of those kinds of things. And again, this was fairly early on, mm-hmm. uh, meaning pre you getting your education. Because I think we got to a certain point with the skills that we had with talking about everything was the biggest thing. Like, even if you're not super effective at it, keep talking. Like, you got to talk about it. But the big shift came when you started going to school and started bringing home these things. And at first, it was working on yourself. And that was a big part for me. So the biggest thing for me, the biggest shift within my personal evolution, within our relationship evolution, was confidence. And when you lack confidence, you are insecure. And if you are insecure in your relationship and your wife says, I want to have a boyfriend, (laughs) your head explodes, right? Because that happened. Because that happened. (laughs) Uh, and she did it while we were in the car, so I couldn't even leave. You can't uh, jump out. <laughs> well, I guess you could. That would end very badly. Yeah. So that those types of of situations are much more difficult until you are in a place of I know who I am, I know what I want, I know what I want out of our relationship, and I know what I'm not getting in our relationship, and therefore maybe room for something else uh that foundation didn't happen until you started coming back from school and going i learned this i'm gonna let me teach you this and we started working on those things and it really started with me and then i noticed very quickly the things that made me uncomfortable i wasn't as uncomfortable with anymore because i was much more confident in myself and our relationship Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think confidence. You speak on confidence a lot because that, that was, was a huge for me. That was a huge. That was your huge shift, I think, that brought you to enjoying life more, enjoying Absolutely. our experiences together more, yeah. even just us together. Yeah. I mean, I was completely insecure to the point that I, you know, you flirting with other people made me jealous and got me upset. Well, you're a very flirty person. I don't know if anyone's noticed, uh, but she's always been like this. So it that was very, very difficult. Uh, but I knew I wanted a relationship with you. That was important to me. And I realized I was the one that had to do the work. And so that confidence building, which is still going on. So I don't want to. It's always going on. I, I'm done, but. I want to share something. Okay. How far back this uh 
desire for me to engage with not just one person. Seventh, uh, no, sixth grade camp, they hand out awards, right? So I'm all excited that I got an award and I come home. My, my family was not so excited because you know what I got an award for? The biggest flirt. <laughs> Who gets an biggest award flirt in sixth grade? In sixth grade. Like, that's insane. Now I think about it. Then I was like all proud that I got this award and that I was who gets who gives out that award? That's my that's my camps were a little different back when we were kids, I think. That's my question. So we see how from early on this can start for us. Absolutely. And we're not even aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm concerned we're gonna leave so much out of this podcast. <laughs> Because we don't have an ample amount of time to really cover everything. And I don't have many bullet points to go off of because we're just like free balling it here. <laughs> I think the I think the part to remember is we get to choose. Mm-hmm. We get to figure out what works for us. We get to either engage in skills or not engage in skills that will help us. And that was part of my intention for starting the Orgasmic Membership Mm -hmm. because we are a part of this community. We do live this life. We have... We have been like this. We've been married for 18 years at this point. Mm -hmm. This is March of 2021. We've been married for 18 years. And this evolution could have been way smoother for us had we had some guidance and had learned some skills so part of the orgasmic membership came out of us being ethically non-monogamous and knowing that people need guidance and wanting you to have the utmost pleasure possible when you do engage with others yeah so we encourage our whole community to join the orgasmic (laughs) membership because you kind of have this common language this common knowledge to help yourself experience more on a deeper level, even if it's just one time, even if you are just hooking up with somebody one time and it doesn't go any further. If you come into it confident, communicating, understanding your body, all of those things that you teach in the membership that starts you at a higher level. It does. And absolutely. It, it came so from that. does. I, I mean, we, you've been educating, I, I say we, trying to throw myself in there but it's you do though you've been educating within you know at lifestyle events on cruises things like that for several years now and so we have met thousands of lifestyle couples literally thousands of lifestyle couples and we've talked to quite a few of them uh and (laughs) amazingly like just the coolest people but kind of the underlying current that we get from everyone is their communication could be better a lot of people are having similar experiences that we're like we had that too yeah we went through that too and if we could teach everybody (laughs) these things they would they wouldn't have that as bad and so i think that's where you know that was a big driving force was not that this stuff works for everybody that's the thing i i want to pause you for just a second Yes, I've taught in this world for quite a while and have been in this world for like my whole life is how I feel, you know, (laughs) whether you knew it, whether I knew it or not, I was. (laughs) And the thing about it is, is everything I present 
it starts with the foundation. What is the foundation? It's with you and your and then your, your partner, primary partner, partner right. you know, and, and let me tell you, that looks differently for everybody, for everybody as well. So take that for what it is. <laughs> but it starts there. If that's not secure and if that is in a place that you can build upon, you're, it's 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 gonna topple it's gonna be wobbly as you could mm -hmm. say and so starting there mm -hmm. first and foremost that has been our our we come to center that we call it we <laughs> let me lose that we come to center we come back to center for ourselves mm -hmm. and periodically and yes gary i'm directing this at you and your wife periodically when you come back to center you're able to reevaluate what has worked, what isn't working, what what are your intentions right now? Because those shift. I hope what you're getting from what we're saying is that on our path, on our journey of ethical non-monogamy, it looks very different. And it may continue to look different. Mm -hmm. And we don't put ourselves in boxes. That's why I say ethical non-monogamy. And I encourage you, if you meet somebody and you're new on this path, ask them what that means to them. Right. If they say, I'm a swinger or what? I'm polyamorous or I monogamish. Okay. What does that look like to you? Because guess what? Two monogamous relationships don't look alike. They're, yes. Everybody's relationship is unique and individual. And that's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing that we have the choice to create what works for us mm -hmm. and throw the stuff that doesn't. Right. Because we don't have to hold on to that stuff. That is something else I, I learned on our journey is I don't have to hold on to that. Mm -hmm. You know, the other question we get a lot that has been a part of our evolution is jealousy. Mm. Oh, you must not, you're just not jealous. No, everybody's jealous. Everybody's it's, je it's biological. It's, yeah, it is. And it's okay to be jealous. Mm -hmm. But we've kind of got to unpack that jealousy for ourselves. Right. You know, that jealousy can keep us safe. But that jealousy can also very much hold us back. Mm -hmm. Kind of like I'm going to share one right now with mm -hmm. your eyes. Um, I set a rule in the beginning. Rule. If you can't, if you're not watching this right now, I'm doing rules and air quotes because <laughs> I don't suggest I. I don't suggest that, and I had set this rule that when you were with somebody else, I'm there too, and you can't look them in the eyes while you're having sex with them. Okay, Which anybody is else? Difficult to do. Yeah, anybody else have that rule? Is that just me? I know it's not, but it's okay to it's okay to acknowledge that you have some of those rules. I want you to kind of figure out and look inside of why you're having those rules. Mm -hmm. And when I really unpacked that for myself, it was the it was the jealousy that she would have what I have. And he didn't want anybody to have that. And you know what that have was? The moment that we had when we first told each other we loved each other mm -hmm. and we were making love and you were looking in my eyes. Mm -hmm. It all in looped. In a tent. In a tent. Yes. In the rain. That's my favorite in part. The rain. In the rain. <laughs> in the rain. In the rain. Let me preface that. In the rain because we love rainstorms. But that's what it all went back to. Mm-hmm. And I realized nobody's ever going to have that because that was a moment between you and I. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be jealous of you looking. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So look in somebody's eyes. It was there, though. Mm -hmm. 
and I could ignore it. I could try to ignore it, but it wasn't going to go away. And that just created havoc for you. Yeah. That, let's just say <laughs> keeping track of rules while you've got two beautiful women in your bed, probably not my forte. Like trying to, to remember all those it's things. Lot. It's a lot. And it's so, yeah. Um, but again, unpacking that and having the tools to do that, figuring out, oh, this is a me thing. Yeah. It's easy to blame the other person. Oh, it's so easy. Uh, you I've done it many times. You did this and you're like, <laughs> I don't think it's me, but okay. Uh, that stuff's there and, yeah. and it is for everybody and having those skills and those tools to, to work through it. Yeah. And now... We take it moment by moment. We mm -hmm. take it situation by situation. And we continue to have the conversations. Absolutely. Even if we've had the conversations before. We have it again. We re-engage <laughs> because it can shift for you mm -hmm. as this evolves. It can shift for you. So I want you to step into what looks good for you. I want you to have the knowledge. So I would invite you, Gary G and your wife, to head on over to puregasmiclove.com forward slash membership and check that out this month of March and step into it for yourself. Start building stronger foundation with your primary relationship and then venture out into the world of ethical non-monogamy, however that looks for yourself. One, it'll set you up for more success. You're going to have better sex with other people. And I would encourage you to let them know you're doing it. That way they can also engage and then they can have better sex. And then I get to meet both of you, all of you, at the retreats and the pleasure mm -hmm. weekends. That is something I greatly wish I would have had. Did we navigate it? Hells yeah, we navigated it. We are who we are now mm -hmm. and I am so happy. And I have my moments just like you do, mm -hmm. but I have no, I have none of those concerns and in, in that feeling that I used to get when we first started out. Yeah. The, it, we've moved on to other issues, right? Which yeah. is, which is normal. We've gotten through and it's ever evolving. It's always changing. Uh, like you said, we try not to put ourselves in a box. We try not mm -hmm. to go, we are this or this, because once you do that, you're limited. So we are ethically non-monogamous. We mm -hmm. use that term because sometimes situations show up and it looks more like swinging. Sometimes situations show up and it looks more like polyamory. I, you know, I just want to make out girlfriend. I don't know where that falls under. <laughs> I don't know what that counts as. So, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's got their own things. Right. So. And... And I want to add to that because it's really good to say. And I, I love your whenever you whenever you tell me, I just want to make out girlfriend. That's all I want. I just want to I want somebody. So any any volunteers? Like I am sure you will have a ton of volunteers right in. So that would help my whole confidence thing. It's oh, it so would. <laughs> and so when we engage in that moment. We also negotiate what that moment looks like for us. So mm -hmm. if, if it if it if it is a swinging situation more so than developing that other type of relationship, then we make sure that everybody's aware of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And you're all on the same page. And we're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. And that is really important. And so... That's where the ethical part comes in again. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
So I hope this gives you a better understanding of who we are in ethical non-monogamy and what that looks like and how we continue to evolve in our ethical non-monogamy as well. I don't think you get to a certain point. I think you just need to be open-minded and allow yourself to explore and allow yourself to expand in the way it, it best fits for you because mm-hmm. nobody can tell you what is best for you. You have to figure that out. And having the opportunity to learn what's best for you is the most important part. Having the skills to enhance that for yourself. So discover more with me at puregasmiclove.com. And I look forward to seeing you there. Can't wait to meet you in person. And remember, my current members that are watching this podcast right now, please stay after. We have some extras for you. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Puregasmic Love Podcast. And I look forward to teasing your ear holes in the next one. If you want our perspective on a question or a thought you may have, and want us to integrate it into our conversation, please submit it at podcast at puregasmiclove.com. And you can discover much more at puregasmiclove.com. Until next time, orgasmic hugs from my heart to yours.